HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit corin.com. Have you heard? It's party time. Monday, December 3rd is Winter in the Garden, Heritage Radio Network's second annual year-end gala at the Brooklyn Botanic Gardens Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe. Join HRN's staff, hosts, members, and some very talented chefs and bartenders for a delicious evening that will kick off the holiday season and support our end-of-year fundraising drive. The evening will begin with a VIP hour, complete with bubbles and oysters. Then, all of our guests will work their way around two spacious rooms filled with food stations and bars, sampling fare from some of our favorite chefs. Sip on your choice of cocktails, beer, wine, sake, and cider while bidding on exclusive silent auction items. 2019 is our 10th anniversary. So, whether you've been a member since Roberta's first opened, or if you just discovered your new favorite food podcast, please consider supporting us with a ticket purchase so we can start the year on solid ground. We'd love to see you at the Garden. So join us on December 3rd. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to heritageradionetwork.org slash gala. Welcome to Japan Eats. I'm your host, Akiko Tema, a food writer and director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deeper understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from a studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every deli and supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is so mystery for many people, so I'll try to demystify it in this program my crew guests and my guest today is Shintaro Elazar um, Okuda and the chef uh, the, the chef de cuisine at the Bamoga in the West Village New York City Shintaro has a unique background he grew up in Japan and came to New York to cook at some of the best Japanese restaurants in the city currently at the Bamoga Shintaro cooks a yoshoku an important part of Japanese culinary culture which is uh, yet to be discovered outside Japan so today we'll discuss Shintaro's unique culinary journey, what yoshoku is, 
and how yoshoku is accepted by New York, New York City diners and much, much more. But before we start, Japan Needs is available on Heritage Radio Network website as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify and subscribe to Japan Needs. And please write away with you. We really appreciate your feedback. Also,、um, if you have any ideas about topics of the show or show guests, please let us know. You can email us at japanese.heritageradionetwork.org or kikokatema.com. And、uh, you may have heard before the show, but、uh, Heritage Radio Network is holding a, a holiday party and tasting、um, next week, Monday, December the 3rd, at the Brooklyn Botanical Garden in New York. And there will be、uh, great food from、uh, popular New York City restaurants, including a great Kaiseki restaurant, Naoki Takahashi. Also, you can watch a soba making demonstration by a soba craftsman and chef,、uh, Shuichi Kotani. And of course, you will also find beautiful cocktails, wine, and Japanese sake. For tickets, please go to eventbrite.com and search for Winter in the Garden 2. That is Winter in the Garden number 2 on eventbrite.com. And、uh, for Japanese listeners,、um, there is a code for 10% discount. It's Japanese, just one word Japanese. So I、uh, hope to see you there. And finally,、uh, if you're a subscriber of uh, Netflix, uh, please watch uh, The Final Table, which was just released last week. And it's a culinary competition among 24 of the greatest chefs in the world. And there are 10 episodes to determine one of the、uh, winning chefs. And each episode features a very specific country. And I'm at, I am judging on the Japan episode. So I was very、uh, impressed by each of the competing chefs' skill sets and the philosophies. So, again, it's a final table on Netflix. I hope you enjoy it. Now, let's start our conversation with Shintaro Eliza Kura.、Oh, hello, Shintaro. Welcome. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. So,、um, yeah, so you work at the Bamoga, and I had a Koko Kayoko sale. And she does、uh, the Wednesday special cocktail program. Right. And、uh, Frank Cisnells, he、mm-hmm. created the cocktail program. So, this is the first time to talk about food on、right. Japan Eats. So, I'm so excited about that because they're so good. <laughs> so,、um, so, first of all,、uh, let's talk about unique background. So, I heard you, are, you grew up in Japan. Yes.、Um, so, I was mainly、um, grew up in Hokkaido,、um, where it's the northern part of、uh, Japan,、um, a lot of snow. A lot of、uh, forest, mountain,、mm. a lot of wilds. I heard that's the best snow in the world. Definitely, yeah.、Um, from what I experienced,、um, yeah, definitely. I used、mm. to live in DC,、um, also, you know, being here in New York too.、Um, but、uh, yeah, Japan snows, Hokkaido snow especially, is definitely the best.、Mm. I've never been actually. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us more. Yeah, so, what's the, so you grew up in Japan, but the Hokkaido is a very northern part. They have、uh, plenty of.、Um, Like natural bounty. Yeah.、Um, yeah, definitely.、Um, my, I, I live with、uh, my grandparents, and、uh, both of my grandmother and grandfather like, always you know, bring some wild stuff.、Uh, my grandmother、uh, went to go get some wild plants, you know, like sansai.、Mm. Um, sansai means、uh, the mountain vegetables. Right. Right. Um, yeah, she always, she always g e t it like, when it's season and、um, just cook it. And like, so, I'm always attached with like nature.、Mm. A lot of,、um, I wouldn't say primitive, but、uh, more like attached to like on its, on its land、mm. itself, food a lot. And、uh, it's really great 
prefecture. Yeah, it's like、I'd、a local、say. sustainable by nature. Definitely, yeah. Right. Well, I'm curious with Japanese sunside mountain vegetables,、mm-hmm. are they different from、uh, those in America? Um, I actually haven't had a chance to taste a lot of mountain vegetable in、mm. America, or I just don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> But、uh, I think so. The Japanese、uh, mountain vegetables definitely like, taste really potent,、mm. um, has more aroma, like a lot of, a lot of like, I don't know, like the wildness,、mm. but with, with like sensitivity going on at the same time, I would say.、Mm. It's, it's really good. Right. Yeah. Because I think uh, Jap- uh, the Japanese, the whole land is covered by forest. I think、right. like 70% was still、mm-hmm. covered by the forest. So, yeah, there are plenty. As much as、uh, the species of fish, they have a lot of different kinds of mountain、yeah. vegetables.、Mm-hmm. Right. So, so you, you ate this. All those this kind of different kinds of fish and mountain vegetables. Definitely, yeah.、Um, yeah, there's a lot of、uh, seafood, especially Hokkaido. Like the fish itself is super fresh, and、mm. also the vegetable. Like, like, I've been eating a lot of fresh vegetables, like just, you know, just picked out from mountain、mm. type stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's from, from my personal point of view, it's totally different from um, um, eating. Um, like processed、uh, fish, vegetables, like any kind of food,、uh, like everywhere else in Japan, like especially like compared to Tokyo, I know that they have a lot of fresh stuff, you know, like those Tsukiji market、mm. that now doesn't move to Toyosu, but、um, you know, a lot of fish coming from a、uh, different area. But I, th- I feel like where it's caught, it's, it's freshest.、Mm. So I was enjoying a lot of uh, fish, uh, meat,、mm. lamb.、Uh, Beef, pork, chicken, everything that、right. I was able to enjoy in Hokkaido.、Mm, it's interesting, right? Because Hokkaido、uh, is completely kind of independent in terms of food culture because it has dairy and it's so huge that they have, you know, the ocean lines as well as,、Definitely. I mean, the kombu. Yeah. Most of the kombu comes from Hokkaido.、Mm-hmm. And then they have salmon and crabs. And yep. 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 Yeah. I got to enjoy all of that when I used to live in、uh, Hokkaido.、Yeah. That's how、It's、you got、great. into cooking? Yeah.、Um, So, yeah,、um, my, like I said, gran- my grandparents always、uh, cook for me, and、uh, ma- especially my grandma.、Um, she makes the dish every day for me, it's like always remarkable.、Um, you know, as a child, like you wouldn't want to eat like vegetables or like, <laughs> you know, you would always go to like something sweet, you know, like more like、um, child's taste palate things you would like more, but. I was never hesitant to eat、um, you know, vegetables or like fish or like, you know, in any cooking way.、Mm. Because just my grandma's food was just simply amazing all the time.、Mm. Yeah. Right. So it was a traditional washoku, Japanese cuisine. Definitely, yeah.、Mm. But she was able to cook a lot of different things too, like surprisingly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she was, that's a, the, your DNA probably. I guess so, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Okay, so,、uh, so did you study cooking before you became a chef? Did you go to school? Or、um, how did you? I actually have never studied、uh, cooking. It was all self taught, or、um, then again,、uh, my grandparents h a s taught me a lot of stuff,、mm. especially my grandfather taught me like, how to cut open fish and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, not many grandfathers can teach now. <laughs> wow.、Right. It's, in, it's in such a weird way, though, because、um, my grandparents will be like just catching fish and,、uh, you know, <laughs> off the ocean, come back and just not saying anything with the shochu on his hand, being like half drunk、mm. and cut open the fish, just like make, let me, make me watch like, the entire process.、Mm. And I was like, here, 
you try next one. It's like, ah, uh, okay. <laughs> like, hey. Yeah. Well, that's, I think, a culinary school. That's uh, you mm-hmm. uh, taught the same thing, but you pay for it. Right. <laughs> in the form Absolutely. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So you, I think you went to the best culinary school. I guess so, yeah. Right. Uh, so you came to New York uh, in 2008, but mm-hmm. did you cook in the Japanese kitchens? Um, yeah, I've, um, I've worked in a uh, Japanese kitchen in Japan. Um back in when I was like 15 to like uh, 18 mm. um, not like it's, it's time to time though this is all part time work but uh, I um, I worked at the food court mm. and uh, went to the supermarket and also worked in uh, um, like fish opening up section like meat opening up section like where it's like behind uh, mm. um, processed food was like made right yeah. yeah that's where I was mainly working at mm. by the way the, the level of Japanese uh, supermarket mm-hmm. is amazing it is definitely <laughs> amazing yeah we, yeah we discussed that like you know how convenience store in Japan is completely different from here oh yeah but the supermarket also yeah is like a Disneyland of food definitely <laughs> You're just going to the fish selection, fish section of a supermarket. You're just gonna see a whole lot of fishes, like where, like, I don't know, in America, you see like ice back, uh, uh, ice like mm-hmm. place where like you know filleted fish like laid over. It's not just like that. It's mm-hmm. like you know, it's all like plastic wrapped, all packaged, like and all kinds of fish where you possibly not be able to get in Hokkaido too. Like mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely fish from uh, you know southern uh, part of Japan like Kyushu. Um, you know, when it's seasoned, there's like Thai mm. there. Um, like, yeah, it's it's great. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, I don't know how many of our listeners have been to uh, the Tsukiji fish market, but it's mm-hmm. like almost like small section of it. Very shiny mm-hmm. fish, which you don't see here right. because it's so perishable, but it's little kept. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, whenever I go to Japan with my mom to supermarket, just mm-hmm. let's go. I'm spending too much time. Just yeah. excited about it. I definitely do the same. <laughs> right. Okay. So, um, yeah. So you you came to New York two thousand in two thousand eight. So did you become? Did you wanted to come? Uh, don't you wanted to? You came to New York to become a cook or chef. Um. At that moment, I didn't really have like any vision of my life mm. obviously i was 18 yeah i was not smart at all <laughs> so just trying to live life i i just thought new york was cool so mm. that's why i came here that's the, the whole lot yeah. of things people do it actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> right um but yeah um i was luckily um be able to get a job at uh, ipudo when i was open mm. so that's how i started and oh know. wow that's a perfect timing yeah and right. i was realizing like how um cooking was like really like t- attached to my soul and like my heart like every time i see the dishes like oh my god this is so beautiful like i want to do the same mm. so like it, it definitely built my passion right well the ipudo is uh, one of the most um foundational ramen shops in this country i mm-hmm. think and uh you know momofuku noodle bar right. is american style but the ipudo is kind of the opposite of showcasing traditional japanese definitely. style and uh, i think in the 2008 they opened the first Ipudo right. abroad, mm-hmm. so you jumped into that yeah. ship, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, what what did you learn at Ipudo? Um, well, when I was eighteen, I started as a, a server. Um, I wanted to work in the kitchen, but there's a no kitchen position available at that moment, so I had uh, I was able to work at the server, and uh, I learned I re kind of relearned how disciplined like Japanese people are, mm. um, like 
compared to um, you know like American restaurants. Um, it's just Apito is like super strict every single day, and we go in. Literally, we change. We start working like nonstop, and until until we close the door, until we close everything, like mm-hmm. cleaning up and everything, um, we had to work with with so much passion and so much discipline. Like if you do something wrong, they're gonna be staring at you, Ooh. and they'll they'll pull you pull you on the side. And hey, what are you doing? <laughs> it's it's that kind of strict. But then after, like everything's done, cleaning's done, everything's done. We go on a drinking like it's like it's a switch between mm. like work mode and like having fun mode like is so drastic and wow it was great mm, that's so reflective of Japanese salary man culture maybe so. yeah <laughs> definitely right. so it's kind of sounds like a um, family environment definitely yeah um, yeah I didn't I didn't have, obviously didn't have a lot of friends when I got here so all my all my friends are like all. I can call friends are all people who work at Ipudo at that moment. So mm, that's nice. It's really great. Right. So, um, yeah, and the chef uh, Kanegai san, Mihiro mm-hmm. Kanegai, he's yes. a really uh, great character. Oh, yeah, too. he's my master. Mm. Yeah. Right. So, you got really lucky to have that environment first time you stepped into this Definitely. culture. Definitely. Yeah, it was, I was so lucky. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, and then you worked. Um, it put it for eight years? Yes, uh, from 2008 to 2015, yes. Mm. Nice. So, and then you went to N Japanese restaurant, uh, the Japanese brasserie in, uh, right. Right in the West Village. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, how did it happen and what did you learn? Um, so, like the transition transitioning between Ipuro to N Japanese brasserie, um, I was working in Ipuro um, for eight years and I learned a lot of things and I did not want to leave, but at the same time, um, at one point, I would start working at the uh, the noodle factory and uh, soup factory at mm-hmm. Ipido. And, you know, I was experiencing a lot of mass production um, with such a care to each ingredients. And that, like, kind of reignited my passion of, like, actual cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, obviously, mass production is still cooking. But at the same time, I want to be presented to the customers. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see the people who's eating what I make. Right. And so that's what ignited my passion again. So, um, yeah, I started working at N, Japanese Brasserie. Um, and, you know, Japanese, N, Japanese Brasserie has really big open kitchen where I can literally see every single customer's face that's sitting down, especially in the counter. Mm. And that was, uh, that was, that was the whole experience of me. Mm. Like, um, re-seeing what I'm actually making matters to the customer's feeling you know like that makes them happy and I see them happy that makes me happy wants mm-hmm. to work more stuff like that that's, that's, the, mo- that's the main thing I learned at and right. yeah. that's, I would imagine your grandmother wanted to cook for you your grandfather wanted to cook for you yeah. to see that smile mm-hmm. right. um, yeah and it's interesting right and Japanese brasseries like you know a lot of celebrities go there definitely yeah. and uh, it's a little different than ambience right well it's, that's a whole different fun because i get to see a lot of people who i've never like personally met and mm. like i've only seen the tv like you know or like instagram website <laughs> you know google search like those people are gonna be there and i'm like god damn like every day you know like you see so many different people i'm mm. like i'm so happy to mm. see like 
you know, as well as as well as regular customers, as well as like I I get to recognize a lot of faces in there, you know, and um, and also celebrities. Like it was just it was just really happy mm. all the time. Right. So that's the customer side of you know the connection you mm-hmm. had, and then you started working at Sakamai. Yes. Um, Sakamai was really um, it was it was also uh, my I, I would say my fate I would say because um, one of the coworker who I used to work at Ipido mm-hmm. after I quit and uh, he hit me up um, he's 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 still working at the Sakamai um, but the, he was like looking for a person who's working in the kitchen and like hit me up like okay I'm going there and then I uh, met Akiyama-san mm-hmm. um, from Sakamai. Yeah, that's how I got into the job. Mm, right. So maybe uh, for listeners who's not familiar with Sakamai, what kind of restaurant is Sakamai? Sakamai is, is definitely a Japanese restaurant, but with Akiyama-san's passion, this like it's it's really twisted and abstract in a really good way. Mm. Um, it's it's a new side of Japanese restaurant, I would say. Mm. It's not traditional, but it has tradition going on in, right. in, in every single dish that he makes. Mm. It has the tradition in it, but it doesn't come out traditionally. Interesting. Yeah. Right. So, um, this is the Lower East Side, and then, you know, Sakamai means sake rice. And so the theme is sake. And mm-hmm. uh, I really love going there because it's the ambience is so beautiful. It's kind of right. modern. Definitely. But the, the, the Japanese based menu, menu at Akiyama san, he used to work at the and Lan restaurant mm-hmm. and all those different things and stays. Right. But he was trained all formally in Kaiseki restaurant in yeah. Japan too, right? Right. Mm. And that's what that's what makes me like surprised all the time because every dish, like new dish he creates, it's so different. Like taste profile is like different from what I would expect by looking at dishes. Mm. And the presentation itself is like totally different. Mm. But when you eat it, it matches that the, the look of the dish and taste of the dish like surprisingly matches and just gives you like wow feeling all mm, the time. Right, and it's so beautifully presented. Yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's interesting, right? Because we're gonna talk about Yoshoku, but Akiyama-san has different uh, way to merge Western and classic Japanese yeah. ideas mm-hmm. and philosophies. So it's so you're learning that that thing from Akiyama-san. Though. Absolutely, yes. Mm. Like I'm always always surprised. I, well, nowadays, um, since, you know, since I'm working at Moga, mm. I don't get to talk to him a lot. I don't physically see him a lot, but I still see Asakamai's Instagram. Mm. Um, sometimes call him um, and, you know, always surprised by, like, how many new dishes, like, he's been making. And it, it always, like, intrigued me. Mm. Right. So, uh, so well, let's talk about Moga. So, Moga... Mm-hmm. It's a kind of sister restaurant of yeah. Sakamai, right? Can you just explain? Um, yeah, so Moga, like you said, Moga is a sister restaurant of Sakamai, um, themed on uh, Moga, M-O-G-A, a.k.a. Uh, AKA Modern Girl. Um, so we're like, our bar's themes like more like um, 1920s, you know, where... Um, people start like females to start wearing uh, flapper, mm. um, you know, more modernized culture. Right. So moga, modern girls. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard it's the word moga was born because you know, world after World War One. Yes. Japan was kind of rich mm-hmm. and from selling all those, you know, the right. arms that time, like far away from Europe and. So there's a thriving moment of Japan economically yes. and culturally and more influenced by France and America. Mm-hmm. So young girls started to wear, instead of kimono, right. 
it's like a western thing yeah and if you google mogas they are so cool cool it's so it's so cool yeah so and along with that there's uh yoshoku yes we're gonna gonna talk about it so but you how did you start working at moga um so um when i was when i got hired at uh sakamai um uh, Akima-san and the owners were already trying to open up the MOGA. Uh, there's already a concept there and uh, they wanted to open up and uh, Akima-san asked me if I was interested in uh, taking charge mm. in this place. So right. um, that's how I got into uh, MOGA. Mm. Yeah. Right. So MOGA is uh, on Houston. It's in the West Village. Yes. And uh, it's called the Bar MOGA. Yes. Right. So it's kind of bar and um, with the table, so it's mm-hmm. like a very approachable and stylish ambience. Yeah, but the definitely. food is serious too. Definitely. So, right. So, what's your responsibility at Bamoga? Um, I'm currently taking a chef de cuisine position. Mm-hmm. Um, in charge of, you know, obviously the kitchen overall, and uh, you know, the, making sure the quality of food it never goes down, mm. and you know, but rise up. Right. Um, and also, um, taking care of customers, you know, day by day. Mm. Right. That's, that's my responsibility. Because yeah. effectively, a Kemosan cannot be cloned, so you are really in charge of Pamoga's operation. I hope he thinks that way too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so let's take a quick break here, and then when we come back, we'll talk about uh, the unique menu at Pamoga, which features Yoshoku, an important genre of Japanese food. So please stay with us. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese ship knives and restaurant supplies. Corin is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant, from French to Pan-Asian to American, and that is why they are located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Corin's Tribeca showroom is home to the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan. Stop by to view their exquisitely designed tableware and the Welsh natural sharpening stones. They have a whole range of knife services, from repair and rust removal to reshaping and realigning. Corin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the highest quality Japanese design to your table so you can experience the unparalleled quality of Japanese craftsmanship in your home or restaurant. For more information, visit coin.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats broadcasting live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, and my guest today is Shintaro Elzar Okuda, the chef de cuisine at Balmoga in West Village, New York City. So, um, so we talked about the moga. The mm-hmm. concept of moga, and uh, so uh, what is the concept of bar moga? Um, so concept of bar moga is obviously the, the moga stands for a modern girl. Um, we have this like retro feeling now, you know, like it's in 2018, but we're still like having this 1920s theme mm. is what the original concept was, and uh, you know, um, a lot of uh, a lot of female working in that restaurant. And, uh, you know, they all wear classic, um, you know, vest and shirt, black mm. pants, um, classic style with a floral tie mm. that represents, you know, modern girl. They're still like in a classic, but 
with the with the modern like kind of you know way of uh dressing up mm. and by the uh, way so the moga i know that there's mobile yes. moga board <laughs> yes well <laughs> i'm hoping that will be me yeah as <laughs> you are <laughs> yeah. right. so okay sorry i interrupted yes uh yeah so the concept itself is like that and uh as well as 1920s uh modern girl um the modern modernized culture um also involves with the food mm. um you know like after world war one um we as japanese this is from what i this is what i read from uh um various like you know website about mm. the 1920s but um as after world war one ended um we realized as japanese how small we are compared to um you know all people across the world mm. and that what we decided is to eat the flour Mm, so vertically small, so you have right. to grow. <laughs> we have to grow. We have to be bigger right. to at that moment as as a Japanese Japan Empire Japan has to conquer the world. That's what they're thinking. So they got have to be bigger. That's so they start eating flour, <laughs> and that's how like yoshoku is kind of implemented to the culture. I would mm. say, and that's our concept for Bamoga too. Interesting, right? So let's just go back to that. You know, the Japanese diet changed. Yes, because uh, for about. I mean, up, to, up until Meiji period, when mm-hmm. first time meat was allowed to eat, because right. religiously we couldn't eat meat. Right. And I heard a rabbit was—it's mm-hmm. a fake, but they call it—I um, don't know, like vegetables and uh-huh. no meat, so that right. they can eat. <laughs> so where does it come from? Right? But uh, yeah, so people couldn't eat, especially mm-hmm. beef. Right. And um, yeah, so yeah, that's the beginning of the change of the diet. Definitely. Right, yes. So that's uh, the yoshoku. So, um, so what is yoshoku? Like you know, by definition, yoshoku literally translated to westernized or like Western food. I would mm. say, um, but the actuality of yoshoku is uh, the the literally Western food that's implemented to Japanese culture, so mm. that um, Japanese people are like allowed to like not allowed but um, easier for them for the Japanese people the old style uh, old school style the 1920s Japanese people like, mm. easier for them to eat so it's not so potent and mm. also uses ingredients that comes from Japan or like and it's in Japan to make Western food as much as possible with the Japanese mm. ingredients and I think that's what the yoshoku is mm-hmm. yeah right so it's distinctive because you don't see. In the traditional food, you don't see cream or mm-hmm. flour or, of course, a lot of meat. Mm-hmm. So, um, what are the examples of yoshoku? So, um, one of yoshoku examples, definitely uh, gratin. Mm. Um, we say gratin. Gratin, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, in Japanese, yes, it's gratin. Um, and doria. Mm. You know, I think those are um, the most uh, I- iconic yoshoku dish, I would imagine. Mm. Um, you know. Using macaroni and bechamel, which is totally French style, mm. um, with the, you know sometimes you put the seafood or curry, which is with this is like the, for the doria. This is like the twist of Japanese comes in, I think. Mm. Um, you know, with the Western food like um, macaroni, bechamel, and then you put the curry on top, like, <laughs> just to see what this takes to like mm. <laughs> right <laughs> challenge right. it. Yep, <laughs> right that worked out. Yeah, definitely worked out. But I think yeah, those two. I you know um, the flour, like I said, flour, milk, macaroni, like all those stuff. Like we don't usually eat mm. in Japan, like especially back in the days, and you know trying to make it as as like 
suitable to Japanese culture as possible. Mm. And I think that's I think that's what Gatan comes from. Mm. And yeah, yeah. So it's uh, always like everything else. Uh, Japanese people mm-hmm. take something right and bring to something or different version or next right, level right. or more obsessive way to express mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so yeah. So um, I mean, there are uh, yoshoku restaurants mm-hmm. in Japan, and I think. They're still very popular. I think so. I think it's rather called like soul food almost. I think、mm. nowadays it's like it's like a you know when you eat ramen in Japan, you just simply feel satisfied.、Mm. Um, it's it's attached to your soul almost.、Um, you know, if you eat sushi, obviously that is gonna be attached to your soul. Like you just feel automatically satisfied.、Mm. I think yoshoku is one of those food already from、Aye. my perspective. Every time you know like. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure every Japanese people, when they're a child, they have definitely eaten omurice,、mm. right? And that's like attached to your heart. Like that's your <laughs> mom's cooking, or like you know. Right. So it's beyond just the taste experience. It's like、right. a nostalgia, taste memories, yeah. and yeah, that make you cry. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think it's it's interesting. You know, the word showa comes to my mind too. So、mm-hmm. showa, Japanese,、uh, you know, the Western.、Uh, You know, n- year numbering, right? It's always tied with Japanese classic way of calling. The era is、mm-hmm. uh, represented by the, the existing、uh, emperor, right? So it's now Heisei, right? And the last one is Showa, and the Showa period that was a long time, and、uh, long. the great emperor, and、um, you know, there's a thriving culture of Yoshoku too. Yep. So I think recently Showa is. I think、um, regarded as very、um, beautiful time. Definitely, yeah. Right, it's almost like you know, like, like again, just a nostalgic way of yeah living. Yeah, me, me as myself, like I was born in uh, Heisei uh,、mm. first,、mm. so、um, I see, I see, I used to see Showa as like really nostalgic,、mm. uh, nostalgic way, and you know, I would, I would think it was like old era for me, but nowadays.、Um, You know, Showa is the one. Showa Showa era is the one that,、um, like, make the Japan. I don't want to use this word, but make Japan great.、Mm. You know, and to make make this like make this the state,、uh, the position where Japan is now. I think it was made in the Showa era, and、mm. we're we were.、Um, I'm I myself was lucky enough to experience that、um, in Heisei. Like as as、uh, you see what the result happened on, from Showa、right. to experience what's what's even. Gonna happen in Heisei. Like、mm. I, re- I, I get to experience everything in Heisei era. So, right, yeah, it's interesting because I, I know my dad's time.、Mm-hmm. That's when he, he worked like ridiculously hard, right? And he created this and made Japan great.、Mm-hmm. And you know, and then when my, my dad was dating with my mom, they、mm-hmm. would go to a restaurant eating yoshoku.、Right. That kind of really、right. beautiful thing. Yep, that can show what yoshoku is definitely like fancy food that you take your. Girl, too. Like that's like that's guys definitely go to spot. I think.、Mm, right. So、um, now, so what kind of yoshoku do you serve at Tabamoga? Um, at Tabamoga, we are serving so-called classic yoshoku. I would say,、um, you know, like I said, gratin,、uh, curry doria. We have it, and also、uh, kani cream croquettes,、mm. um, ebi fry. Cunny、mm. cunny cream is a, a crab. Crab, snow crab, cream croquettes. Yes.、Mm. I don't know why crab is just you know, we say croquette, right. right? And there are so many different kinds of croquette,、uh-huh. but that specific、uh, 
the crab cream croquette uh-huh. is a part of yoshiko. I don't know right. why. So I, I from my understanding, uh, kani, uh, crab cream croquette it comes from I was a crab cake almost like American crab cake. Mm. You know that take it to the Japanese way uh. and you know make a crab cake. How about we? Batter it with the panko. <laughs> mm. How about we fry it? See how it goes. I think that's what. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's literally how that happened. Right, and usually, uh, you know, the kanu cream croquette it's like so delicate. It is. It is. Right, it's almost yeah. like a fluffy and like a dessert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah. like you know mouthfeel. Yeah, that's the nostalgia I'm looking right. for. Yeah. Yeah, and what else? It is. Um, we also have uh, uh, omurice. Definitely, that's our signature dish. Mm, so um, let's let's dig into that. Okay. Um, so I think omurice is one of the most iconic Yoshiku dish as well as gratin and doria. I think gratin and doria omurice will be like the three mm. like kings <laughs> of uh, Yoshiku, I would say. Um, and like I talked about, omurice has attached to every single Japanese soul, I believe. Mm. That's there. So like, what, what is it? Omurice is a chicken, um, chicken and ketchup uh, fried rice with the mm-hmm. uh, omelette. On top, or either covered mm. with the eating with the ketchup. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's a classic way. Right. Class, uh, ketchup on top. Mm. You know, the omelet is so thin. It is yes. But uh, strong enough to keep the rice inside. Mm-hmm. That's a I think I think that's one of the technique that Jap- Japanese made it too. Mm. And you put the knife, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the surface of the, right. the omelet. Right, right. Like, Whoa, this whole <laughs> smell come out and right. Yeah, so the one omelette that we serve is, yeah, that style of uh, the soft-cooked omelette on top of chicken rice, and we just cut it open and mm. burst. Right. There's yeah. a video on the website, too, right? Yes. <laughs> I was like, uh, oh, my God, I'm going to Yeah, there's that. a lot of videos, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well, the, I mean, everybody seems to understand the sushi and ramen lately mm-hmm. in the US, but, uh, you know, uh, what is the charm of yoshoku, which I don't think people know enough about? Um, to, to, to like American people, I think that what the Yoshoku is, what's also familiar for them mm. as, as a food culture, you know, like unlike, unlike sushi or like, you know, regular traditional Japanese washoku, mm. um, they know it because we have opened up the restaurant. There's, there's a lot of, um, you know, thrive going on. Um, but the Yoshoku is something new that, but yet that's also uh, familiar for them because you know fried prawn croquettes mm. like it looks like crab cake right. you know kani cream croquettes like everything that's familiar but something different mm. is what I think Yoshoku is for uh, Americans I would say mm. so I want them to know that it's another part of it's another side of Japanese food yet it's also familiar and nostalgic nostalgia mm. for them too interesting because it's so approachable that you eat it, you just notice, ah, this is a little different. Right. So that's a nice uh, discovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, again, I think, you know, I've never been to many of bring, uh, the Yoshoku restaurants in Japan lately, mm-hmm. but do you know any um, definitely. in Japan? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Yoshoku itself is like really, like I said, really popular in Japan. Like there's gusto, you know, like if, mm. you're, if you're going to super cheap places, you have to gusto. And mm. if you go to That's like, like high a family class, restaurant, right. gusto. Uh-huh. Right. Or like, you know, like rengate. Mm-hmm. Um, rengate is a classic one, right? The serious restaurant. Very classic, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I used to go there. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's like a, almost like going to Kisaten. Yeah. 
Kisaden is a Japanese classic style cafe. Right. And you go there not for the sake of, just for the sake of drinking coffee. Yep. It's the whole ambience. Yeah. And the jazz music behind <laughs> those and things.、Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So nice. Yeah. So,、um, but, you know, we talked about, you know, we, I had a guest,、uh, Koko,、mm-hmm. Kaiko Seo, and、uh, Francis Neres about the、uh, beverage program at、mm-hmm. the Balmoga, which is astonishing. Yes, it's really great. Right?、Yeah. So you have like,、uh, I think, one of the biggest selection of collection about the whiskey. I think so. I think we're one of,、uh, one of the biggest whiskey selection. Right. And、uh, the cocktails, of course, by、yep. Frank. And、uh, I mean, Coco.、Mm-hmm. She's promoting all those amazing、right. um, beverages, which is to be known、mm-hmm. to the public. Right. So, when you cook your food,、mm-hmm. do you think of pairings?、Um, yeah, definitely. And、uh, I think that's another interesting,、um, interesting thing s happening in Olga because. You know, like a lot of restaurants, pairs with wine. You know, if, like if you go to a Japanese restaurant, you go pair with sake, shochu.、Mm. Those are like, you know, fairly existed already. But、mm. um, it's, it's, in, it's in a great, great thing s that we make food as Yoshoku style. And you can still order a cocktail and it just perfectly matches、mm. with, the, with the, every food, with the, almost every cocktail, I would say. Nice. It's, it's very. Unique at the same time, it's really matching with the food because they use Japanese ingredients a lot too. It just、mm. naturally goes well together.、Mm. Right. So maybe Yoshoku has many you know,、um, points of cross culture.、Mm-hmm. Do you think it's easier to pair with、uh, different kinds of cocktails and beverages?、Um, I think so. Since,、mm. since um, especially, you know, like li- liqueur, like liquor, liqueur. All those things come from foreign country、mm. other than Japan. You know, obviously, whiskeys like, and,、uh, like, like the vodka, gin, like now we're making it in Japan too, and、mm. there's a lot of great things going on.、Right. But it, it definitely started from、um, Europe, you know,、um, everywhere else but Japan.、Mm. So, um, um, minding you that, it's it taken into Japanese culture and making,、uh, start pairing with Yoshoku. I think it's fairly. Easier、mm. to pair with the food and cocktail or、right. like any liqueur. liqueur,、mm. liqueur. Right. So, yeah, I'm imagining going to the sit at the counter at Balmoga,、mm-hmm. maybe order omurice. Yes. And then you said, wait, a little rainy day today, but this is <laughs> for comfortable and such a tr- treat for yourself. Yes, that's, that's, that's what I want every single customer to feel,、um, especially at Balmoga, because my experience of Making food is always like looking at the people who's eating my dish and、mm. also that、uh, taking back the experience of myself when my、uh, grandparents made me food and always make me comfortable. And they were, they were always looking at me with the, you know, this like soft smile.、Mm. They're having their moment, I, I would believe. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I want to do the same. And I want, I want customers, every single customer that comes to Bar Moga to experience the same thing. They wanna,、mm. They're going to eat and they're going to drink and they're going to be happy. And I want. I want to see them happy.、Mm. Right. I like the, you know, the energy of、uh, Bamoga because、mm-hmm. I think that's you know, the kitchen's intention、mm-hmm. and hospitality communicates throughout the whole restaurant. I hope so, yeah. Yeah. So, so how、uh, your customers accept、um, Yoshoku?、Um, they're very acceptive. Mm. People, people really like,、uh, you know, they definitely start off with、uh, the Solomon Rice viral. 
video thing. I think it's definitely start with that. Mm. But right now, um, every single customer is know what they want and enjoy their food mm. all the time. And, you know, always try new things if it's possible, you know. Um, there, there are definitely like certain customers who order like certain things that they know, you mm. know, like only omurice for four people. That that was like before. Right. One omurice shared it with four people. Now, you know, people are getting individual omurice. We're getting, <laughs> you know, I a lot of share it. different, <laughs> yep, different things. Yep. Mm. So it's it's great. Right. Mm, interesting because I'm oft, uh, often asked. Uh, what's next after ramen mm-hmm. right and of course not izakaya it's a big genre too right but the yoshoku i think is uh pretty approachable and such a comfort food definitely yeah so. i hope it's going to be a next topic of japanese food mm. yeah. and it's almost like sushi or ramen it's simple mm-hmm. but to to do it right you need skills right definitely yeah, yeah. so I mean, I, I don't make omelets myself because mm-hmm. the omelet part is very difficult. <laughs> and I'm, I guarantee right. I'm going to break the omelet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just all you need to buy is good pan. Just one good pan will do the magic, I think. Oh, uh, really? The cast yeah. iron? Mm-hmm. I do have a cast iron. And okay. It doesn't work nice. so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think maybe uh, I need a class. So, okay. So, what is your plan? Um. Well, my plan right now is to make parmogas famous as possible um you know we have a great opening menu that created by um um akiyama-san mm. so you know i'm i'm intending to keep this tradition and uh you know make this place as noticeable as possible so that mm. people will come and i get to see a lot of people's face mm. and i get to i get to see people's uh being happy Aye. and yeah that's 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 a current mission i'm having i think mm, nice yeah yeah i hope you can uh, spread yosoku culture more definitely, beyond yeah. new york city even mm-hmm. too definitely so, mm. yeah okay so where can we find your what you're doing and everything online um okay so <laughs> i'm extremely horrible at doing social media things <laughs> um as you see right now I'm, I'm very nervous like as i'm in this radio show I too but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh i do have a uh, instagram um i think that's the most ap- approachable thing to find me i yeah. think so what's uh, the, uh, it's it's a uh, it's at the rude boy shinshin r-u-d-e-b-o-y okay shinshin s-h-i-n mm. two times okay yeah it's it's just my personal um instagram account that's that does you know i approach like a lot of uh, bar mogas food mm. so yeah, yeah. Have to check that okay so and then of course the bar moga mm-hmm. definitely com. at bar moga yes right okay so good luck and uh yeah keep me posted yes definitely thank you very much well, thank you for coming so uh, listeners if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests please contact us at japanese at heritageradionetwork.org or akikuatema.com and japanese is live at 3 p.m on mondays and always available at heritageradionetwork.org itunes stitcher and spotify as a podcast and our engineer is matt patterson and uh, thank you for listening i'll see you next week thanks for listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. 
Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.